with OK Dad Pod, where we'll prove that you can still have a great podcast by averaging six listens per episode. We're back, ladies, gentlemen of the jury, and you know, it's fun making these. Mostly because it's a good outlet, even if I don't talk much during the day. I get to talk to an audience of my garage band and Dexter locked up in his crate. (laughs) So there's that. It's late when I'm recording this. It's literally like 11 p.m. the day before this goes out. So this will be going out in a matter of hours. Um, but hey, it's OK Dad Pod, where we try to give. I'm trying to, it's not coining the term dad vice because that's like out there, but I'm trying to make that a very big part of this show. Show. As if I, you know, have a live studio audience. I mean, I kind of do, but they just listen to whatever I want them to say. <laughs> Yeah, I like dad advice. Advice from dad. So here we are with the next episode. And today, so last episode, we talked about the uh, the end of Rachel's pregnancy, uh, which was a, a trip, to say the least. But today we're going to talk about the time in the hospital. So it was an amazing experience. Everyone in the hospital, everyone throughout the entire process was just, I mean, lovely doesn't begin to describe them. Uh, she got to go to the same hospital that she works in. So she's a labor and delivery nurse, as most of you already know. But her coworkers were just so kind and helpful and amazing. Uh, and we'll kind of dive into that a little bit today. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsor, just kidding. Wouldn't it be nice to have sponsors like the famous people do on their podcasts? I wonder what's that what that's like. Probably like that. Probably feels something. If I had to guess, having sponsors on your podcast would sound uh it'd feel a little something like this. That's a positive thing, not a unhealthy something's wrong with your physical health type thing, like it does sound. So let's talk about the time in the hospital and see if any jokes come of it, because you know what? We're just diving. We're diving right in. Hope you're ready to swim, because the water is fine. But leading up to the hospital, we talked about the end of the pregnancy. We had everything. Rachel, well, Rachel was the main orchestrator of this, but We had everything packed, ready to go in backpacks and duffel bags and everything. We were as ready to go as I think one can be for the birth of your child. So when we got there, well, the ride there was kind of interesting. You know, you hear all the stories and you see all the shows of the, you know, bent over mother who's like screaming because she 
she's about to have a baby. So they drive really fast to the emergency room and, you know, park the car wherever. I'm thinking of Michael Scott parking the car on the side of the road. You can't park here because it's for the ambulance. And then he chucks his keys. Well, I just did. Good times. But when you have a scheduled induction like Rachel did, it's really, there's not that fanfare because you just drive and your wife's doing fine. It was a pretty quiet car ride. Um, we had Rachel's parents in town already, uh, which was super nice. They you know, made us breakfast, got, got us some coffee, which was perfect. But the ride there was very strange and, and strange in like the best way. I, it's so funny as I've gone through life, me trying to sound like I'm some sort of wise sage that I'm definitely not, <laughs> but each life event and each milestone kind of just, it kind of just comes and goes, which is like such a weird thing, but I feel like that's just kind of how life is sometimes. You know, there's so many big events in one's life, you know, getting married if you're, you know, lucky or if that's what you're into, um, you know, having a child, getting a pet, doing something really great with your job, your career, you know, going to these amazing places in the world. But for me, it's always been so weird. I always build them up so big in my head that actual life just is e it's equally amazing but it goes so much faster than all the planning that happens in your head so like i you know i've shared this with a couple of friends too like the whole wedding process you know proposing to rachel was you know the, it was terrifying and it was amazing all at the same time it was definitely something that i wanted to do it was something i was so ready for but you get to that moment and it happens and then it's done. You know, there's all this anticipation that builds up. And then even though the event is like super great, it just kind of, it, it's just so much quicker. So it was very interesting, like on the, the ride to the hospital, you know, you think of that as like a time where you're going to talk through the last minute things or like, what are you excited for and things like that. But we, you know, Rachel and I had had all those conversations. So it was really just kind of, all right, we're doing this. So, you know, it was bright and early in the morning, you know, our induction was scheduled at 7am. So, you know, we got there a couple of minutes late because we're the worst. But we got there a couple of minutes late, which was totally fine. But you know, at this beautiful, gorgeous hospital that she works at. Uh, her friends got us all checked in. And let me tell you, I had such terrible thoughts of what this whole hospital experience would be because I hate the sight of blood. And so I don't watch any, I don't watch any hospital shows like Grey's Anatomy was not at the tops of my list when uh, I was surfing through channels trying to find something to watch. What? What? Wrong one. Oh, Lord. No, no, no. No, 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 no. There we go. 
That was my thought towards Grey's Anatomy and Blood. Oh, Lord, no, no, no. No, 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 no. So like ER was not something that was on my TV. I mean, it was. My parents watched it all the time, but I didn't. And so I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I've been in hospital rooms and hospital rooms are pretty small. You know, there's like not much room. And I'm just going to kind of hang out bedside with Rachel until the baby's born and we're going to kind of go from there. But no, we get into the hospital and we get checked into this giant room. You know, I mean, it was still a hospital bed, but like this huge room, like it seemed like you could have fit like six or seven hospital beds in there comfortably with family. You know, there was like a pull out couch that was over there. There's TV, you know, a couple of chairs, just a lot of space. We had like shelves that we put the backpacks and stuff on. And I, I had no idea that that was even, I had never even seen a hospital room that big ever. So I was completely blown away when we went in there. I was like, wow, this is, this is bougie. We are living, we're living in style here. So it was, it was pretty sweet. We got in there, you know, got everything unloaded. Uh, I actually took my shoes off like pretty early on just because I don't I don't like wearing shoes. I would much rather be in. I mean, I'd much rather be barefoot, but I wore socks because we were in a hospital. But we got checked in and the hospital room was amazing. And Rachel's coworkers were amazing. They were teasing her the whole time. It was really hard. I was trying to keep up with all of the like lingo. And it was very difficult because when when you're talking with coworkers about something that has to do with your job, you can kind of cut through all of the introductory stuff. So you're not really explaining things. You're just kind of talking. And so I had to make sure that I was like listening as closely as possible to know what was going on because I was so concerned about <laughs> Rachel and Cal and everything. So I was listening like super closely, but they were giving each other a hard time. It was great. You know, they joked about Rachel getting her IV in. Um, one of her coworkers uh, stuck her and missed the first time, which I, I would miss every time because I stink with needles and hate blood. So uh, she got the IV in. Everything was a little thing I like to call hunky-dory. And so she's all set up, ready to go. And like both of us are super nervous, but... At the same time, like Rachel's kind of in more of a comfort zone just in general being in the hospital and being around friends and coworkers. And then of course, you know, she starts to, we start to figure out the whole labor process. So, you know, the nurse that we had, um, her name was Paige. She was incredible. She was, she was the absolute best. I mean, that my favorite part was that she, she worked with Rachel so well because Rachel, of course, knows everything that could be great and everything that could be horrible with a baby and trying to give birth to a baby. And so I would be terrified to be Rachel's nurse because she, you know, Rachel kind of runs the show and she's really good at what she does. So trying to keep things from her wouldn't work. Uh, and Rachel would already, you know, hear what was going on with some of the monitors and things like that. So she, she knew basically what was going on, but 
Paige did such an awesome job of like keeping her in the loop, not trying to hide anything or say like, oh, it's going to be, you know, everything's going to be fine. Because I know that that phrase would have just freaked Rachel out even more, I think. So she was like keeping her involved with everything, saying where the levels were, you know, every time little Cal's heart rate would dip down um, a little bit lower, um, called a D cell for, for those in the biz. I know my terminology. Uh, every time that would happen, you know, Paige was very upfront about it and tried to get Rachel in the best position. And so like was flipping her around and, you know, helping uh, baby Cal to be as comfortable as possible as well as Rachel. So super duper cool. She was amazing. Um, and then we, you know, are going through, so inductions at seven and we kind of get settled and really start the process around eight i think and so you know between eight and like two in the afternoon it was really just kind of rachel going into um you know a more active labor so she was given you know pitocin and um everything to kind of help induce labor and you know, to, to spare the details of all the stuff that I know Rachel would be super, super interested in, but I would not be very equipped to talk about. Uh, we get to like, I think it was around two o'clock. Um, yeah, it was probably a little earlier than that. Oh, it was definitely earlier than that. But anyway, we, Rachel starts to feel a little bit uncomfortable. So she goes to the bathroom and her water breaks. And so from there, everything started to happen really, really fast. Um, the anesthesiologist came in and gave her epidural, and I watched the entire thing. I watched the entire epidural, which is, uh, for those of you that don't know, a giant needle that delivers anesthetics to your spine basically and helps you to it, it dulls the pain of you know active labor and and you know childbirth it, it doesn't dull the pain of actually you know the baby being born but it really helps you feel a little bit more comfortable throughout the process so the anesthesiologist like worked his magic i watched the whole thing there's blood everywhere um and it was kind of terrifying but it was kind of cool at the same time so I watched the entire epidural, um, almost passed out, so I had to lay down for like two minutes, got some apple juice and felt uh, a million times better. So I'd say that that was like a pretty proud moment in my life because uh, the last time I got my blood drawn before college, I guess that wasn't the last time, I was in the hospital for a bunch of uh, heart tests and stuff because uh, the cardiologist in New Jersey thought that I had a heart pattern, uh, similar to a cocaine addict. So gotta love that. It was probably from all the cocaine. Just kidding. Definitely have never, well, I don't, I don't have to explain that to anyone here. I think everyone who knows me, which is everyone who listens to this podcast, we've discussed it before, knows that that would not be me. But this cardiologist was terrible. 
Um, I would put him on blast, but my six active listeners, um, I don't want you to have a negative uh, opinion of him and go after him. Uh, but he was terrible and thought my heart was way worse. I just have a slightly irregular heart rate. My EKG, my electrocardiogram readings are just slightly abnormal, and that's my normal. So, yeah. Suck it, cardiologist in uh, New Jersey. So I got my blood drawn back before college and basically almost passed out. So. That's the whole story of why me watching an entire epidural is a big deal. So Rachel gets the epidural. She's feeling way better. And it was so awesome because epidurals normally like numb your entire lower body or at least most of it. It's hard to move when you have an epidural. But this anesthesiologist, this doctor did so great. He like made Rachel not have the pain, but she was still mobile. So like she was, Rachel's a stinking superstar. Like let's just round of applause for Rachel, the superstar. She literally like would hear on the monitor or even see the monitor and see that like Cal's heart rate was going down a little bit, not in a dangerous way, but just, you know, it was going down. And so Rachel literally could like, I mean, Paige would help, the nurse would help, but she, Rachel could practically like flip herself and get in a better position that was more comfortable for Cal, which is like insane. This is a 40 week pregnant woman with an epidural flipping herself to help with the baby's heart rate. It was, it was heroic. And anyone that says, Pregnant women aren't heroic or dumb. So, yeah, putting you on blast, whoever that is. Uh, it was incredible. Rachel was a superstar in the hospital. Um, you know, she knew exactly what was going on. She stayed calm the entire time. She never let me get freaked out, uh, though I, I think I did a decent job not freaking out. Um, and she just managed all of the pain so, so well. So she's flipping herself, getting the baby to a better spot. And then finally, they upped the Pitocin a little bit around uh, 4 p.m. or I guess before 4 p.m. and 4 p.m. rolls around. They come and check her and she was complete. So she was like ready to go, 10 centimeters dilated. Um, and it was time to start pushing. So Backtrack a little bit before that, I was starving because I ate a small breakfast and then I had a couple of snacks, but I didn't have a real lunch because I was just, I didn't want to leave Rachel. I wanted to stay in the hospital with her. And so basically I was like, all right, it, you know, 3.30 rolls around or three rolls around. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to get DoorDash just so I you know, only have to go down to the lobby, grab the food, come back up, and I can eat and still be with Rachel. So I ordered Chipotle because Chipotle is life. And DoorDash, as great a service as it is, you know, being the delivery service for those restaurants that do not have delivery, sponsor me, DoorDash, please. They had, well, this would be a pretty bad time for them to sponsor me because I'm about to tell 
how they did a terrible job, but they didn't deliver my Chipotle. It said it was delivered. I walked around the entire perimeter of the hospital and no Chipotle anywhere. So said it was delivered. They just basically stole Chipotle. Um, so then it's like 3.30 or 3.45 even. And I call my mom, who's like in the area, and ask her, I was like, hey, can you get me canes? I'm just like starving. Rachel, of course, couldn't eat anything. So I know this sounds like I'm being selfish, not getting anything for Rachel, but she wasn't allowed to eat anyway because she had an IV and was about to give birth to a baby. So she couldn't do that. So I tell my mom to go grab canes, and she does. And she basically gets to the hospital around four which was exactly when Rachel was starting to push. So I certainly wasn't going anywhere. I was going to be with Rachel as she was pushing. And basically, I didn't get any food. So woe is me for my wife pushing for an hour to give birth to uh, our wonderful, beautiful baby boy, Calvin, at 5.23 p.m., Uh, But I didn't get any food beforehand. Uh, The reason that that's partially important is, one, because I was starving. We ended up getting food at like 9 p.m. just due to all of the, you know, tests and stuff they did with Cal right away, moving us over to postpartum, things like that. But when when my mom went to go get food, uh, they decided to carpool my mom, my dad, Rachel's mom, and Rachel's dad. So all four of them were in the hospital, which was convenient to have them all there, but inconvenient in that they got to the hospital around four, and we weren't settled in postpartum until 9 p.m. So unfortunately, they were kind of going through the pain that we went through, which was just the waiting game uh, in the hospital for a long time. But Rachel does amazing when she's pushing. Um, I watched the entire birth, too, so kudos to me. I feel like I can actually call myself an okay dad now because I watched an entire epidural, and I watched the child be born. And it's not, like, glamorous for anyone thinking that it's... I mean, it's the most beautiful thing in the entire world to see... Rachel give birth to another human being like that. It's so stinking cool. Um, and any nurse that works with that is a superhero and every, any mother who gives birth to a child, they're even like, I don't know, just it's incredible. So the entire process was awesome. So Rachel pushes for an hour. She's like, lifting her own legs to push even harder you know she's not really um she's not even like screaming or anything like i thought was going to happen because of every scene that i've ever seen with someone giving birth Uh, but she just kind of like hunkered down and pushed cow right out so she did she did amazing that was what a horribly ineffective way to say that she just pushed cal out no she labored and did the coolest thing that i think any human body can do so it was it was pretty sweet so the whole time we were you know that that really kind of 
sums up our time in the hospital. You know, the entire time the nurses were being so great and Rachel had a lot of coworkers that were coming in and, you know, seeing how she was doing and seeing how Cal was doing. And that was super cool. Um, you know, but I'm sure I'll have Rachel on an episode to talk more about kind of her experience with the whole birth and everything. But, um, it was so funny because I had talked in earlier episodes about this where there was a lot of pressure on me because I was going to be the one who was able to see, I mean, in addition to the nurses and doctor, I was going to be able to see whether the baby was a boy or a girl. And I was terrified because I was like, there, I feel like there's going to be blood everywhere. So I'm not going to know. I'm not going to be able to see whether or not this is a boy or a girl and it's going to be embarrassing and I'm going to say the wrong thing and everyone's going to laugh at me and then I'm going to pass out from seeing blood and being embarrassed. So thankfully that didn't happen because right when he came out, Cal did like a little spin move. There's a whole like medical term and everything for what he did because he basically like his head was in the wrong spot and so what happened was he did a full 180 as he like came into the world so he kind of like breached like a dolphin wood through the water and did like a a 180 which was like super cool so cal's very athletic is what i'm saying but he came out and we knew it was a boy right away because it's pretty easy to tell whether or not it's a boy right away so for any prospective parents slash dads out there if you're worried about being able to identify whether it's a boy or a girl it is as obvious as you could possibly think it is. And luckily, we all shouted in unison, me, the doctors and the nurses, um, that it was a boy. And so it was amazing. Little Cal, he came into the world. And it was just, it was the greatest experience ever. Um, Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. But it was funny. I mean, the whole time in the hospital was so great. There were like even little things that we were doing. So, you know, we were helping Rachel get comfortable. There's like this, they call it a, I think they call it a peanut basically, but it's a, if you've ever seen an exercise ball, it's an exercise ball, but it's shaped like a peanut to put in between your legs. Um, and it's more comfortable obviously than putting an exercise ball in between your legs. So, um, Paige and I would kind of battle and see who could get that to her quicker. And it was funny too, because sometimes when you're in labor, you're pretty nauseous. So Rachel, you know, a couple of on occasion was getting nauseous and like was about to throw up and sometimes did. And Paige and I both had uh, an emesis bag to put it the nicest way you possibly can. Uh, And we were trying to be as quick as possible. So basically she and I were both staring at Rachel and the second she got nauseous, we'd both reach our hands out with the bag. And, uh, I think Paige probably beat me most times, but I won a couple of them. So I was, I was pretty quick. I was ready to go. Um, but it was just, it was awesome. Could not have had a better experience if we tried. And it was just, it was such a cool place, bougie place. So we'll take that. We we like bougie hospitals. But it was it was amazing. So uh, for anyone that's like worried about the hospital experience, as long as you're prepared and kind of have everything packed, dads 
have snacks ready, like as many snacks as possible. I it would have been smart for me to like make a sandwich and pack a sandwich, uh, or you know anything. Just bring in plenty of food, drinks, entertainment. You know, there were a couple of times I was just laying, you know, either watching videos on my phone or anything like that, because there is quite a bit of downtime. And Rachel did it all in one day. You know, it was a full day, but did it all in one day. Sometimes it, you know, branches multiple days. Uh, One thing, too, you know, if you're going in and you're in your own labor, uh, so you don't have a scheduled induction, if you go into the hospital because it's like, all right, it's time, uh, sometimes they'll send you home if you're not, you know, dilated enough, if, if the baby's not ready yet. So that's another thing, kind of be prepared for that and be prepared to support, um, you know, your wife, your partner as you go through that. So it's, uh, I don't know, it was just, it was so cool. I think having Rachel, you know, since she's a nurse and she knew exactly what was going on, I mean, I had a leg up on so many other people, thankfully, but it's real. I mean, they're there for the entire process. Now, once the baby's born, it's, I mean, they come by and do like checks on vitals and stuff like that. But, you know, you are kind of in charge of keeping the, you and your, you know, spouse or partner, you're in charge of keeping that baby alive, like literally from then on. So that was kind of interesting. It's like, you know, I, I don't know how I assumed they would like come by. I like, for some reason, I figured like the baby would start crying and immediately someone would show up at the door. But that's not how it goes. They just come by like every four hours or so to check on things. And it's just nuts. So, you know, Rachel was already breastfeeding right away. And then the, the like baby nurses and postpartum nurses would come by and they're just kind of like, do you need anything? And we're like, well, I don't think so. The only thing we needed was sleep. Uh, you don't get much. Uh, it pays to be a heavy sleeper in these situations like when you're spending a couple of nights in the hospital i am not i am like the lightest sleeper uh on the face of this planet so i did not sleep very well in the hospital but then again you're so infatuated with the little one or at least i was so sleep wasn't really my top priority but it was those were a couple of long nights and then by the time we got to um Monday morning, which is when we were finally discharged, we were so ready to go home. We just, we were pretty confident with Cal. We liked, you know, handling him and picking him up if he was crying to soothe him. And so we were just, we were ready to get out of there. We were ready to skedaddle. So, you know, it was fun because on, you know, she was induced on Saturday. Cal was born Saturday evening. So Sunday morning, you know, we, I, I can't remember if I ordered breakfast or if we went and got breakfast. And then same thing on Monday. Monday, I was like ready to run every errand ever because I was just like, I want to get out of the hospital. I just want to go home. So, you know, we get discharged and, you know, coming home. That's a that's another story for for another episode. But, you know, the hospital experience I was so scared of just because I'm I don't do well in hospitals. You know, I was nervous that you know, I was nervous that I was going to pass out. And I know that that's like a, probably a pretty funny thing, but at the same time, like I just, it's not even as much from like being scared of the blood or anything like that. It's just, 
I was so nervous that something could happen to the baby or something could happen to Rachel. And the high stakes that are involved when you're at a hospital, just, it kind of freaked me out. So, you know, I watched a video of a childbirth the day before I went, or actually the day of, it was that morning we went to the hospital uh, and that was helpful. But at the same time, like it's just, it's a scary, it's a scary thing to go through. And, you know, I know there's, when you're in a hospital, there's some positive outcomes, there's some negative outcomes. And, you know, we're very blessed with, you know, where we are, but, um, it, it's kind of a scary place. So I, I'd, I'd say, don't worry if you kind of have nerves going in, that's for, you know, fathers, mothers, it's for, you know, partners and just, you can let yourself be scared. Being scared is a very normal emotion. So don't try to hide it necessarily, you know, try to be strong. Obviously I was doing my best to try to be strong for Rachel, but you know, don't let that fear consume you. And I think, you know, I, I, I got to a good point there. Rachel of course was a huge help with all the staff was a huge help too for you know making sure that i stayed positive and wasn't too scared of the moment and what a moment it was so that was the hospital trip it was pretty stinking cool and uh you know there's there's no return policy but we think we're uh we think we're okay with cal so i think we'll we'll keep him for a while Rachel actually, um, just yesterday was like, or maybe it was even today. It was today. Uh, like read him, oh, the places you'll go, read it to Cal before laying him down for a nap. And then was kind of uh, sad that Cal is eventually going to be going away to college. Um, but to put it this way, Rachel and I haven't known each other for years yet. Uh, and she's we basically have our whole relationship time plus some before he goes to any form of school and then he still is forced to live with us so he can't leave home at that point you know if we consider college you know if he goes to college when he goes to college i'm pretty sure he's gonna go to college who knows uh that's another like three and a half full relationship times between Rachel and I before Cal goes to college. So it was it was kind of funny. We'll we'll keep Cal until college and then we, we don't return him. We basically then just send him out into the world. Kind of an interesting concept when you think of it that way. But anywho. As we end every episode, literally just the last one in this one, and hopefully everyone moving forward, uh, I'd like to give a word of, of dad advice. Get it? Dad and advice. Dad advice to uh, my sweet boy, Cal. He can't understand words yet, but we're going to give him dad advice anyway. So, woohoo. <laughs> but the word of dad advice for you today, Cal, is don't take yourself too seriously. You know, it's it's important to work hard and to take pride in yourself, but don't let things or people or events get you down. Things have a way of working themselves out. 
when you have a positive outlook on life. I firmly believe that. I try to live by that. I don't succeed all the time, but just be positive and, and don't take yourself too seriously because there's always time for laughter and things are going to work out in the end. So uh, thanks everyone for uh, listening this time. You know, Hopefully this is, I get seven listens on this episode, eight on the next one, and we just uh, continue our massive trajectory upward to the most famous podcast of all time. That will never happen. But uh, tune into the next episode. And uh, as always, keep working on those dad jokes. Bye.